0: This morning I want to finish up our three-part series on uh, risen. He is risen. Uh, when light encounters darkness, what happens? And Jesus is the light. So what happens when Jesus uh, bumps into people? When he encounters them, and we're going to talk about we're going to finish talking about the post-resurrection appearances and how they impacted some of the individuals. We can learn a lot from this. In fact, I'll bet you there's even some nuggets of truth that'll help us. Uh, uh handle even the situation we're in right now with this pandemic thing so let's uh, before we do that i want to dive into uh, a post i believe it was keith giles who posted this but i i thought this was really cool if you remember just before easter we were celebrating you know pre-easter some celebrate lent and the 40 days and and all that stuff um but there's a different way to fast usually we associate fasting with food uh, I will fast this food, I'll, I'll, I'll fast this or that. Um, well, this particular, and that's what Daniel, Daniel in the Old Testament, his was a, a non-eating fast or a chosen selected few pieces of food uh, that he was going to eat and refrain from all other kinds. But there's another fast spoken about in Isaiah. And I think this one, well, it might surprise you. But here's the kind of fast. It says this, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? So this is a a type of fast. Um, This is a a one for justice instead of food. And again, it's going to keep going. You'll like this. Uh, It's not, it is not to share food with, is it not to share your food with the hungry? and provide the poor wanderer with shelter. When you see the naked to clothe them, to not turn away from your own flesh and blood, whew, this, this, this is a heavy fast. This, see, now we're getting to the heart of who God is. Remember the story we just heard with the kids that, you know, Isaac was supposed to sacrifice, Sorry, Abraham was supposed to sacrifice Isaac. God was teaching Abraham something. The culture had no problem with child sacrifice. the 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 other cultures around them this it was a known thing you got to do that to the gods to appease them Abraham didn't seem to bat an eyelash but God was teaching Abraham a lesson saying no no to that that kind of sacrifice I don't want and just like here the type of fasting we do this is the kind of fasting to share food for the hungry, provide a location or a place to stay for the, for the wanderer, to give clothing to those who don't have it, to love your family members. And sometimes that's hard, <laughs> really hard. Um, and sometimes it's actually not possible because of the, the extreme strained relationships that we have witnessed. It keeps going. For then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer and will cry and you will cry for him, uh, cry for help. And he will say, here I am. This is a powerful text. I hope you caught that. This is, this is a different way to look at fasting. So, Hey, um, we're clearly fasting from being able to meet with one another in person But there are other ways we can express love and care to one another. And uh, that was just made clear in this text. Let's dig into these post-resurrection appearances. So we covered a bunch of stories last week. So go back. I'm not going to cover those stories because you can go back and and look at yourself. We're coming to the three weeks later, Jesus appears to the disciples on the shore. So in John 21, 1 to 14, this is a really cool story. Uh, later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Hmm, Okay. Now, how many fishermen do we have or fisher people do we have uh, connected to Hope Fellowship? I think we have a few. I know Drew's watching because I see you there. That's that's cool. <laughs> um, so he says, I'm going fishing. And the other guys say, we're going to. And they uh, they all said, so they went out in the boat and they caught nothing all night. Now, these are professional fishermen. This was their job. This is the profession Jesus called Peter from and a lot of the guys a lot of the young disciples so here we have these young guys their jesus was killed but they know he's alive they haven't talked to him now for a while where is jesus in the last couple weeks like it's it's very interesting and yet they default now maybe they loved fishing maybe some have said that this is a, a lack of faith moment um i think that's pushing it I think that's a subjective way to see it. If you see it all as they're bad, then yeah, you can, you can read into this. Oh, they ran to the fishing already. I think they maybe just enjoyed it. and Maybe, hey, it's, there's a boat. Hey, let's go fishing. Okay, let's go fishing. People can do it for fun too, you know. So anyway, uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't like the idea of finding the negative in it. I think there's a really positive spin to this. And Jesus knew he had foreknowledge of exactly what they were planning on doing and so here it comes at dawn jesus was standing on the beach but the disciples couldn't see who it was i wonder why maybe it was not enough sunlight maybe they're too far out I'm not sure i bet you it was just a bit dark maybe even fog that was still there who knows right it, it's possible at dawn jesus was standing on the beach but the disciples couldn't see who it was he called out fellows have you caught any fish which is exactly the common question everybody asks anybody holding a fishing pole on a bridge along a river in a boat hey catch anything yet uh, and it's like they have to almost lie to not feel bad instead of saying no they'll say well yeah yeah we're they're, they're biting yeah we threw a bunch back <laughs> i don't know but it's just a funny thing what what oh even worse listen to this don't ask anybody uh don't say are you fishing that, that, that's like, okay, obviously, they have a fishing pole. In the water, fishing. So you don't have to ask, are you fishing? Catch anything? So Jesus asked, did you catch anything yet? No, they replied. So they've been fishing quite a while, and they haven't caught anything. Does it mean no thing, not a single fish? Probably nothing to brag about. Probably if they caught really small ones, it was a very, nothing to say, hey, we, we caught something. So it keeps going. Then he said to them, throw out your net on the right hand side of the boat and you'll get some so they did and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it so here's my question how did jesus know what side of the boat they're fishing from left right does it really matter well this says the right hand side Now, some translations, I think, said, throw it on the other side, which makes a little more sense. Um, But then again, the, the point here is Jesus is making a declaration or suggestion to them. They do it, and suddenly he gets their attention. Do you ever wonder if God's big enough to get our attention? He is. Absolutely he is we don't need to help god out with other people we don't need to try to help god out in telling people to believe in jesus or trying to show proof texts here see god exists stop it work on relationships instead don't be a religious jerk there's too many of them anyway a lot of people don't want to believe in jesus because of what their followers look like and a lot of them are just plain jerks. I, I don't want to be a Jesus jerk. I, I want to be a person who brings light and encouragement and find good news in texts like this. Like just what we're seeing here. Like these, this is, this is good stuff here. They got so much than that they couldn't haul it in. So Jesus goes over the top. He just doesn't give them a nice catch. He gives them an abundant catch. You see, when Jesus gets your attention he's really gonna get your attention. Sometimes he's gonna get your attention through a a metaphysical experience or a a psychological experience. You're gonna have a friend come and see you. I know somebody uh, who lost a loved one and had a sense of the peace that this person was around, um, that uh, God was uh, sending signs through different things happening. They just connected the dots that, hey, uh, somebody's encouraging me, my loved one or God, however they saw it. And I thought that that's cool. To me, the source is God reaching out and loving and showing help and encouragement, especially when someone's grieving so deeply. So here was what happens. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord! <laughs> when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he had stripped for work, jumped in the water, and headed to shore. <laughs> did you notice who said this it was not peter who recognized it was the lord can you believe that you're catching this huge catch of fish and thinking what is all this and they did not clue in okay do you ever wonder uh how stubborn we can get and how slow we are to learn, even worse, how slow we are to remember the good things that God has given to us, provided us, put around us already. Yes, even in this pandemic. Like honestly, I hear people complaining. It's like, oh, "It's terrible." And yes it is. I, but but you got Wi-Fi. You have a grocery store. You have a, a house to or a place to live in. Like seriously some of the complaints are so first world problem complaints it does not reflect what some people are authentically grappling with so anyway i just thought here's peter a little bit slow to the slow to the recognizing who it was but it took john or the disciple who jesus loved um and said it's the lord and he jumps in the water and heads to shore so peter didn't even get it not that funny that gives us hope It gives us a lot of hope. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net into the shore, for they were only about 100 uh, 100 yards away from shore. Uh, When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. All right, pause here. (laughs) The other guy saw the hull. Why did Peter not think of helping his buddies since he was a pretty, probably stronger person because his personality seemed to really have the vigor and zip and, and energy, but he's focused on the Lord. He runs in a who knows how deep it was. We don't know, but he hauled it. He knew he could swim faster and walk through shallow water faster than the boat could uh, to get there because it was now loaded with fish. So they dragged the boat to shore because it was too big it's easier to do it from a place where you can actually stand and put the fish in so here they're, they're being provided an income because they'll be able to sell those fish for sure they show up at shore and jesus has fish now i'm wondering where the fishing rod was how did jesus catch fish he wasn't even in a boat he's standing on the shore um uh, it, it's it's hilarious if you begin to think through how could he do it? Did he go here fishy fishy jump and they jump out of the water too? I don't know. <laughs> like, you can you can come up with any crazy types of ideas or perspectives of what could have happened. You know, hey Brian Abel, you can do a cartoon of a fish jumping to Jesus out of the water, <laughs> but then they get cooked. So Jesus has fish cooking for them already. And then he says, "Bring me some of your fish as well." Okay. While Jesus is providing, he actually provided the fish in the boat, but he provided the cooked fish on shore, and he's inviting them to give and participate of what they have, okay? This is called community, real authentic community. It wasn't just Jesus saying, yeah, I'll take care of all this stuff supernaturally, but through all of this is, that's happening, find your own lesson in that That, there's something to learn for that and it gets better so simon peter went aboard dragged the net to shore and there were 153 large fish and yet the net hadn't torn for a catch this big uh from everything i've read in history uh this would have ripped the nets for sure remember when jesus found the disciples way back at the beginning of ministry uh, they were mending the nets which is a common thing to do because they'll get ripped and here nothing was ripped this tells you of how god can be the great provider to you and i then he says now come have some breakfast and jesus said come have some breakfast jesus said none of the disciples dared to ask him who are you what so they knew it was the lord john said or the disciple whom jesus loved said um uh, it's the lord peter ran did they have a like was jesus not recognizable just like on the road to amos i'm not sure then jesus served them the bread and fish this was the third time that jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead okay so that was only two times before this is the third time and he does it by providing food really important to remember that we're not done with that part here's one of my favorite parts of this story And this is the hope part, that you are not without hope. If you feel you've messed up in your personal life so much that there's no hope, uh uh-uh, there is hope. Here's a beautiful example of brilliant hope that extends to all of us, not just to Peter, okay? After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? That's important, more than these. Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. So back up to this more than these. There was a time previous to this, before the uh, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that Jesus was even asking, who's going to be the greatest among? You know and he's trying to tell Jesus I'm never gonna give up I I'm gonna fight tooth and nail all I'll die for you blah, blah 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 so it's interesting how these words matter and we're gonna come back to some of the the word love each time here in just a moment after we finish reading the key story Jesus repeated the question Simon son of John do you love me uh, yes Lord Peter said you know I love you then take care of my sheep Jesus said let's go back what did he say Feed my lambs, Jesus told him. This time he says, take care of my sheep. Well, one more time, a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Then feed my sheep. So previously he said, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep. And now he says feed my sheep huh but what's going on here do you catch the beauty of this part of the story previously before jesus died on the cross jesus declared to him you're gonna deny me three times and peter was mad i will not and he did a a typical teenage hissy fit and he did in fact as one of the uh, gospels shares is that the moment he said, um, uh, uh, I don't know him the third time, a rooster crowed, and I guess Jesus looked at him, and he happened to be in the vicinity, so they made eye contact. And what did Peter do, which is something we almost all do, he took off in shame. He was so embarrassed. He felt so shamed because it all clicked. Jesus had already told him he was going to. He was vehement that he was not going to, and he still denied. And here comes Jesus, the restorer. He does two things that I want to highlight today. The first is he restores the previous shame with love. All right? So he asked him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Because he denied him three times. You know, he said, Peter said, I don't know him. "Ah, Of course I don't know him. Oh, heck no, I don't know him. And he has got more and more belligerent on that. And yet here Jesus restores him with love. I love you. I love you. I love you. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Well, let me take a look at one more thing that you may not um, be aware of. In the Greek, in the three times Jesus says, do you love me? First, Jesus asks, do you agape me? Remember, there are like seven different Greek words for the word love. I don't remember them all, but I know four of them for sure. The first one is uh, phileo, which is a friendship love, which we see here. Uh, we see storge, which is a parental love. We see eros, which is, uh, uh, we get the word erotic from. Uh, it's usually um, um, a romantic love. And then we have agape, which is the deepest, most profound form of love that is others centered which is where we get uh, first corinthians 13. the word there is agape um agape is kind agape is okay that that's where we're getting this from but here it's interesting you i would never have known this if i didn't look it up or somebody hadn't pointed it out first and then i looked it up to confirm because it's nice that you tell me this but i want to see it myself i i don't okay maybe i'm a little more like thomas than i thought uh i if you tell me something that's interesting, even even in this pandemic, science or truth, right? You're gonna tell me something, I'm gonna look it up. If it doesn't if there's hardly any grounds for it, come on, I can't you can't repeat it. But here in scripture, when this was pointed out to me, I thought this is cool. So here he asks, Jesus asks, Do you agape me? But Peter responds, Yes, I phileo you. That's a i never that's different. Jesus asks him again, do you agape me? And Jesus responds by saying, I phileo you, your great friend. All right? Here, the agape means, do you outright fully adore me, passionately love me with all that you are, one way, other-centered love? But he responds, I friendship love you. You're a great buddy. Um, <coughs> all that stuff. But here, look at this. This is, this is the cool part. Jesus then switches things. He asks... Um, Peter do you fillet o me and Jesus responds, "Yes, I fillet owe you Jesus dropped it down he took it he caught that Peter was not remembering that Jesus is trying to heal the past he's trying to connect the dots from his past failures and trying to wash them over for Peter he's trying to speak to Peter's soul, trying to speak to his ego speak to his shame that was false, and Jesus humbled himself and st- and repeat the phileo instead i thought that was a really gracious uh touch i never saw that before until a couple years ago but i thought that was really cool if you didn't hear about that before go look it up in your lexicons and stuff um uh, i read the passion translation and i'm conf- confused by one part because it it actually reverses it it says at the end that uh it seems to imply that he used the word agape on the third one but uh, i I don't find any evidence of that right now so i'd be i'd be happy to uh get some more research on that but that's okay from the interlinear translations that i've seen this is what i've seen let's get into another one matthew 28 this is another person again we're talking about the appearances of jesus to others these are the proofs i think there were about 12 of them that were shown and we're almost done with this which is cool in matthew uh, 28 16 to 20 uh, it's called the great commission Um, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Okay, who is the doubter here? Each time there's a, a, a presentation of the risen Christ, there are people doubting. We picked on Thomas as being the great doubter, but everyone else doubted too. Do you remember? There was a uh, seven days before Thomas met Jesus and was able to put his finger in the holes of his hand and hand in the side. The disciples also saw Jesus in the upper room and Jesus showed himself. He said, look, see my hands, my side, it really is me. Cause they were, they doubted too. So let's not pick on Thomas. Um, but here, even this far later, we have them still doubting. It doesn't say who, but it doesn't matter. Maybe we should give grace, more grace to those that doubt and have authentic questions and concerns. There's room for that in our faith. Let's be kind to each other and not judge each other negatively uh, when we hear people doubting and questioning things. They really want to know, which is kind of cool. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make converts of all the nations baptizing, oh, wait a minute. Oh, it doesn't say that. It says, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's not saying end of the world. Which he will anyway, but end of the age really important you catch that. There's an age coming to an end, and it's not that far away, all right? it's right. It'll happen in about 40 years. But here he says something that's really important. This is usually the, uh, the banner or the flag that tells church people you got to go convert people to Christianity. That's not what this is saying, not at all. This is saying, go and make disciples, and the word go is uh, uh, a word that means as you are going that's what the implication is here but if you read it flat english it's going to say then you have to go you have to do the intent of going but now that becomes a new duty if you are a good legalist this this will preach well now you can pound your people in your church go you must go you need to support this go and convert people at any cost because the goal is conversion no it is not The goal is to declare the love of Christ as you're going you know you can do it right here you you don't have to go knocking on every door if you want to you can but listen our culture has a hard time that's right Uh, joy just wrote a disciple is a learner and uh, unfortunately a lot of us think we're all teachers and not learners we think we're above everyone else we think we're more right than everyone else and we're not being a disciple is one who, who emulates the attributes of Jesus. And the greatest, uh, I shouldn't say attribute, because this is not an attribute. It's the essence of God is agape. God is love. It's not an attribute. It's not an app that you add on, love. But When we emulate the traits and the, the, the oneness of Christ in us, when we reveal the light in us to others, it's going to look loving and kind. It's not going to look like a jerk. Do you hear that? When we're not acting in a way that reflects Christ, then we're not acting in a way that reflects Christ. <laughs> pretty simple. And here he's saying, Go make disciples of all nations as you are going. It's pretty powerful. I love this. He says, I'm never gonna leave you. More than five hundred people saw Jesus in the flesh. And this is found in 1 Corinthians 15:1 to 9. There's a couple things here. Um, It says, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before you welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believed something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins just as the scripture said he was buried he was raised from the dead and on the third day just as the scripture said he was seen by peter and by the 12. after that he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time most of whom are still alive though some have died then he was seen by james and later by all the apostles last of all as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. This is talking about Paul. For I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. This is a powerful, powerful picture. This is the apostle Paul declaring for my witnesses. Remember, he was the one that could have been standing around while Jesus was being uh, judged in the courts. He could have been around the, uh, the crucify him, crucify him crowd easily. All right. Paul saw more of this and he was adamant to take out the church. He, was a, he, he wanted to destroy it. He was known for a zeal to kill believers, people of the way. And it wasn't until I think it was in Corinth. I think it was in Corinth It was the first time the word Christian was used. But this is a really important story. So that revelation, he's, he's pointing out here who saw Jesus. And now, of course, Paul says, I saw him too. And here's where he saw him. Well, no, well, actually, i got one more. I've got two more, two more verses to cover. Then Jesus led them to Bethany and lifting his hands to heaven. He blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. So they worshipped him and then returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy and they spent all their time in the temple praising god so the ascension was another time uh, jesus was witnessed alive post death and burial and now resurrection it's a really powerful image you can't forget that one that was a pretty visible thing seeing him go up that'd be wild to see i tell you um and of course as Paul, who just wrote that Corinthians text, here is his revelation of what he saw. And I think this is how God does it today, more and more. He's giving people a vision of himself privately. I have heard of people in, in Iran uh, hearing a voice called to them in the night, and it's, it's Jesus calling to them. They've never read a Bible or nothing. They, they don't need a written Bible for Jesus to reveal himself to them. Well, that'll, that'll mess up half the people who say, you need the Bible now you don't need the bible you need the word of god which is jesus and jesus has revealed himself to many people who have then given their hearts over to christ which is powerful so here's what's happened see this is this is how god can get your attention don't you worry he can get your attention as he was approaching damascus on his mission a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him he fell to the ground and heard a voice to him saying saul saul why are you persecuting me (laughs) who are you lord saul asked the voice replied i am jesus the one you are persecuting now get up go into the city and you'll be told what you must do told what you must do seriously well listen if god can get a hold of somebody that strongly on a road intent to kill other believers he can get your attention my attention uh, even if you don't believe everything you think you're supposed to believe about God, so what? God's got you. He's got your back. He'll reveal to you as He needs to. Alright? It's okay. So, it's not about getting it totally right. If we focus too much on trying to get it right, um, that's going to drive you nuts because that road never ends. It's the wrong tree, in fact. tree of tree of the knowledge of right and wrong. Now we're looking at the life tree just eat from Jesus discover who God is who Jesus is in you and you're gonna find a lot more hope so here are the appearances these are the most well known ones uh, and when you encounter Jesus it changes your life this this last part here of Paul being hit with light and blinded that is light speaking into darkness Paul's mind was darkened he was in unable to see any truth in this he and listen he knew the scriptures here's a guy who knew his bible probably better than anyone so your knowledge of the bible doesn't mean boo like really especially if you think that will uh uh, make it for you as in uh this is this is my righteousness that i know the bible no 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 people knew the bible paul knew the bible The, the religious leaders knew the bible but they didn't know the word of god they didn't know jesus and then jesus reveals himself to paul my prayer is he'll reveal himself to you and keep peeling back layers you're not done learning you're not done i grew up in the church as a little kid went to Sunday school since i was born um went to bible college took courses in seminaries blah 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 blah. uh, listen all that stuff sure it helps but i've encountered jesus and i'm still learning i'm still having layers peeled back going oh that's a whole new way to see this i never saw that before (laughs) i hope that never ends and i don't think it ever will but if you think you've arrived and you got your cubby holes and cubby boxes all perfectly organized to all your theology i feel sorry for you because that doesn't help because each time you plug in a theological box into into a shelf that means you never have to go visit it again because you think you're absolutely true um, and there's an arrogance to it that there's that you've arrived at all the conclusions for that cubby don't be that kind of arrogant person be a teachable disciple one who learns and keeps growing reflecting the love of christ seeing all people remember we covered this in second peter one or was it second peter two whatever it was or first peter two i forget which one it is now that we will grow to have a love for fellow believers and then an authentic love for everyone that is the mark of a true disciple that is fully matured seeing all in Christ and loving everyone uh, that's pretty cool all right let's uh wrap up I'm gonna have a short word of prayer with you father uh, thank you for your grace and your patience oh my goodness thank you for your patience thank you for being patient with me um I know I'm stubborn at times but thank you that you're kind and uh very gentle father we pray for this mark person who has contracted this or uh, contact he's gotten COVID 19. will you speak to his body and heal it will you not let him be afraid for those who are fearful around him will you be peace to them i pray in jesus name and father for dj and jackie i pray that they can complete the adoption process of their 10 year old little girl and may they become a, a joy filled new family as soon as possible we pray this in jesus name amen all right uh what else we got don't forget uh, for those that are supporting don't forget our, your monthly or weekly donation however you do it thank you for that and then uh, we're gonna have our zoom chat right after church if you're watching on facebook and you don't have the link private message me and I'll send you the link to join us in the Zoom call right after the service. It'll be about within five minutes of completing this. Um, uh, so do that. Uh, a couple more comments here that chimed in after um, I had uh, stopped reading all the comments. So Isaac from Arizona. Uh, somebody chimed out to you. Hey, welcome. That's pretty cool. Who um, Who else? Do, do do Carol hey from University gates Carol with an E good morning oh I forgot to tell you um, Carol Brooks who's been part of a fellowship for a long long time has just moved to the Lanark home uh, from the uh, uh, Highland one so that changed. that means a whole new 14-day quarantine so be pranked for her and her husband Dave uh, Lisa from uh, Saskatchewan yay good morning hey you're making fun of my tie there uh, big guy mm-hmm just kidding Um, And Joy, yep, she mentioned earlier, Alistair, the only way to bring anyone to Jesus is by example. If you are the example, then Jesus can do the converting. Well, yes, in that sense, yes, uh, versus having to preach at people, right? But even then, Jesus can still uh, reach into someone's life, even without any of us saying a thing. Our examples make a difference, you know, but you don't have to make yourself look real.